This time it's not an April Fool's trick. I really mean to do fact or fiction this time. No jokes about it. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hello everybody, it's Phil, one more time. Had a blast, had a blast, had a blast, had a blast. Talking to you about people who no longer see anymore. I think it's interesting how I ran into these people for a brief time, experienced them, enjoyed their company. Then a time period passed and they reemerged for just a short time. It's interesting. Haven't seen any of those guys since, but I'll certainly say that I'll never forget them. And every so often, I do stop and I think about, wonder what they're up to now. Wonder how their lives turned out. Because, like I said before, it's been over 20 years since I've seen John, and we're talking floating around 15, give or take, for Adam. So... Hopefully things worked out for them for the better. But now, I'm going to talk to you about something that's definitely a fact as I go into Houston's Homes Automations. This guy's great. His podcasting partner, Kevin, another great guy. Between the two of them, they could probably build an entire army of robots that could do your bidding and clean your house and probably even go to work for you. Of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but when it comes to technology and making your house more efficient and effective with the, uh, the technology that is around today between Kevin and Pat, the two of these guys are going to be able to make your life simpler and more efficient and better. And without question, that is not fiction. Once more, that's 100% fact. Um, I don't know how you all felt about the April Fool's trick that I did on you and putting out that show about fact or fiction, but I know for certain I enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite shows that I did. I think that when the idea came to me, it was just an ingenious thing that I hope that more people would eventually go back to the archives and listen to and hopefully they'll listen to this one as well I always found that show that they did when it actually when it was on the air and um, I can't remember what his name is the guy who played in Star Trek which of course is not one of my favorite shows the next generation uh, Captain Picard always called him number one. He was his first mate. He's the guy who hosted the show when I watched it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. But of course, their show is all visual. Mine is all audio. And I think the concept is great. And so I'm going to run it by one more time. And we'll get back to some stories when that comes along. But you see... One of the things that's interesting about this is some of the stories that I would be telling 
are actually some of the stories that I would put in one of my story episodes. But for now, to reiterate how this show is going to work, a little different than normal. I'm going to tell you a story or I'm going to give you a statement. Most likely it's going to be a statement. Most likely it's going to be a story, excuse me. And I'm going to give you some time and I recommend you hit pause if you're really interested in trying to figure it out for yourself. But I'm going to let you determine whether or not what I'm telling you is a fact or if it's fiction. And at the end of said period of time, I'm going to tell you whether or not what I told you was in fact fact or fiction. Now, you have to remember that this is a fun show and it's nothing deep, nothing serious, but some of the things are in fact interesting, I think. Hopefully you enjoy it. Main event starts in three, two, one. Ding, ding, ding. It's time for the main event of the Factor Fiction Show. Let's see where we're going to begin. I believe the first thing I'm going to tell you is a bit on the macabre side. Again, you be the judge. Am I telling you the truth? Or did I make it up? I keep a tally of all the people I know who have died. One more time. I keep a tally of all the people who I know who have died. True? False? What do you think? Would you? Do I? Here comes one. <sighs> kind of embarrassing. I flushed my keys down the toilet at the Cherry Hill Mall. It's a nightmare story. One that I care to forget. <sighs> Go to the Cherry Hill Mall. One of the places that I just found to be... <sighs> It's hard to even tell this story because it breaks my heart to think that I had to make the phone call to get my cousin to finally drive up because, like I said, I was at the time living in Manchester, so the fact that I couldn't just walk home or it wouldn't be cheap enough to call to catch a bus because in New Jersey it's difficult to do that. And the thing that makes matters even that much worse the expense of having the vehicle towed because I don't have any keys. Fortunately enough, my cousin was able to get to the Cherry Hill Mall, bring me a spare set of keys, was able to unlock the door and get out of there. Haven't been back to that mall since. So embarrassed that I couldn't even keep my mind from racing the entire time because it took a good half hour, 45 minutes before my cousin was able to get my keys and then bring them to me. This was just a mess, an absolute mess. I wish that it had not happened, and I wish that no one else has to experience that. The sound of the toilet flushing, the sight of your keys going down the drain, and never to return. 
Think I'm being truthful? Maybe. Maybe not. Next. I found a nice chunk of money in the parking lot at the convenience store that I worked at. You know how I told everybody that I used to work in a major convenience store years ago. Turns out that one night when I was working the overnight shift, which was one of my favorite shifts to work, I had the duties of sweeping out the parking lot. It's one of the things that the managers used to do so they can get outside and not have to sit in the store all night long. So I would go out there and I would take the broom and a little butler, which is kind of a dustpan with a handle on it. And I would be going around picking up the cigarette butts and sometimes be coffee cups and soda bottles that people decided not to throw in the trash. And in the process of doing so, I looked down and I saw a bank envelope. Looked around a little bit. Parking lot had been empty for two, three hours. It was probably 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. The last people had left around 1 o'clock. And it was just sitting there, leaned up against the sidewalk where it was raised. Just far enough where you wouldn't notice it if you're parking your car because cars going in and out. It was right up against it, flush up against the, the sidewalk. Not laying flat, but up against the sidewalk. And I picked it up, opened it up and saw there was a good $420 sitting in there in 20s, and I decided that I needed it more than whoever it was. Popped that stuff in my pocket and moved on. What's the likelihood do you think that somebody would have left a nice chunk of money at the time? It would have been about a paycheck for me. Would you have picked it up? Did I actually pick it up? Here comes one that's fun. Playing football at a neighbor's house of my cousins and a good friend of ours. We would go outside and he at his yard at his grandmother's house where he lived and there's a basketball hoop that was out there on the, on, the, on the far part of the yard, and it marked one of the end zones. And it just so happens that my team had scored a touchdown. And what I decided to do is I was the one who was kicking it off because I punted and a nice little spiral on it whenever I kicked it. Here it comes. We scored the touchdown, and it's our turn to kick off. I kick the ball. Nice little punt. Perfect spiral. Goes up. And it goes swishing through the basketball hoop. I punted the ball probably, we're not talking about Pat McAfee, superstar punter. It might have gone 20 yards if it was that far. And it swooshed into the basketball hoop. One time never happened again but it was incredible to watch we all wished we had cell phones at the time and we had the ability to record because that would have been youtube gold 
Do you think that that actually happened? Am I that accurate with a punt? I don't know. You tell me. Or should I say, I'll tell you in a little bit. Next. Had a crazy situation that happened with um, a customer at one of the shops I worked at. I did all the math. I logged in the prices that were required and wasn't really paying any attention because I had just gotten over the flu. And wouldn't you know that the customer brought me a Honda Civic to get a brake job done and I ordered all the parts they showed up and I get after I already given the customer the price and I thought it was odd because it was just front and rear brakes usually that costs about $400 but for some reason the stupid number was 600 labor and parts I couldn't figure out why and I just didn't care wouldn't feel that great. Told the customer they needed the brakes in order to go through inspections. The only thing they needed. So they were cool and they just said, okay, just tell us when it's done. Now for those people who are listening in New Jersey, you got to remember that yes, in Pennsylvania, you have to go through inspection every year. And one of the requirements is that you have to have the brake pads to be at least... Two thirty seconds of an inch. This guy's brake pads were zero. They were metal to metal, and his rotors were bad. And I recommend that he replaced it, both the front and rear rotors and front and rear pads. And he was cool, and he did it. But like I said, the numbers just didn't seem to add up to me. Six hundred dollars for brake job Honda. But I let it go. Parts come in, and I'm looking at the parts, and I'm like, this is not right at all. Now. I'm not a ASE guy in brakes, but man, I know what brake parts look like. And this didn't look right at all. Took a look at it a little closer, and it just so happens why I figured out why these parts were so expensive. I ordered parts for a, for a uh, Volkswagen, and those brake parts are a little more expensive than they would be for Honda Civic. Now, knowing that we're getting kind of close to our bonus and we're going to probably hit it. I just did the most unscrupulous thing. And like I said a hundred times before, working in shops, you just kind of sell your soul to the devil. And I just took those parts, called up my guy and said, yeah, messed up. I need the parts for Honda Civic. It was at the time it was a 2004 Honda Civic and I ordered parts for 2004 Volkswagen Jetta by accident and he said cool no problem just send them back we'll cut your cost down the difference is there I got a new number now I could have done the good thing and told the customer that your price is going to change and look like a superhero because I've done that sometimes where I would tell customers where you're going to get your job done at three o'clock knowing full well that we're going to be able to finish it by two. And then I call them up at two o'clock and say, you're done. And they look at you and they love you and they sing your praises. And sometimes they give you a tip, but 
like I said, our bonus was coming up and we needed the extra over the top. And that couple hundred bucks could have made the difference. And so I just let it go. I kept the price in exactly the way it was. This is why customers really need to look at their bill and pay attention to the parts that are on it. This guy didn't. And when he came in, our vehicle was done. Just so happens that we were able to get the thing put together in time and cashed him out for the 600 bucks instead of the 400 that he should have had. So we overcharged him, or more or less, I overcharged him 200 bucks. And I slept pretty well that night. Now, I've told you that the people at the shop don't always have the best intentions in mind for their customers, and I was no different. Do you think that I would let somebody overpay by $200 and keep it moving? You tell me. Or should I say, I'll tell you. Lastly, I found an awful lot of money hidden in savings bonds in my house. I found an awful lot of money hitting the savings bonds in my house. Now you see, we used that money that I found that was in those savings bonds to, in fact, buy the house that we're living in now. It was a considerable amount, about $30,000 worth of savings bonds. Do you think that we actually found $30,000 worth of savings bonds and turned it around to the house that we're living in right now? I'll let you know in a little bit. Okay. Those are the stories. Those are the statements. I'm going to give you approximately 30 seconds of my time to let you figure out what's going on. I wish I had the Jeopardy theme, or at least the license for it, because if I did, this is when I would begin to play it. But, again, I'm going to give you 30 seconds of my time, and then I would recommend, if you really want to go back and listen to those stories again, and see what you think. Was I telling the truth, or was I just giving you bold-faced lie? Here comes the time to think right now. They tell us in the radio business that dead air is the worst thing that happens. But if anybody actually listened to any episode of Howard Stern, you could tell that occasionally there's points in time where there's just dead air. And I think Howard's doing pretty good. So I believe that giving you 30 seconds to assess my demeanor, take my temperature, and see if I'm 
being honest with you or lying to you about these things is more than enough time. Plus, every one of these people who are on some sort of electronic device has a pause button if you really wanted to. And you could uh, take your time and do it that way. I strongly recommend it. Unless you're that good. Which is possible. I'm not going to take that out of the normal possibility. But, here I go. I'm going to tell you the statement again. And I'm going to tell you if what I told you was on the up and up. Or if I twisted the truth. First statement I made. I keep a tally of all the people I know who have died. As macabre as it may sound, that is an absolute fact. A few years ago, working an overnight shift with absolutely nothing to do, I started thinking about some of the people who I have lost in, in the last time, in recent time, and I had a piece of paper that was next to me, and I just said to myself, okay, let me see just how many people who I know just in recent memory and even beyond. I went back as far as I could, that I could remember, as far back as my grandfather, who died when I was in first grade. And I put him down as a tally. He was the first one. And I started thinking about other people, neighbors who, were, who went to my church, all the way up to classmates who had passed, and then people who I worked with. All the way through, I made a little notch. You know how you do those little lines and you cross it with a fifth one? I did that on a small piece of paper, which I have in my room even as we speak. I, in fact, do keep a tally now of the people who have passed. Uh, and it's not like I'm taking a tally of, like, everybody who I've ever known. It had to be a significant person. Somebody who I was around for at least a year and experienced a year of life back and forth, either a consistent basis over a year's time. Somebody I went to school with in a class, somebody who I worked with, somebody who went to church with me, and they would be a tally on my list. And I have a list, and it's about a hundred and some change people that I've known in the past. And some people don't really think about it, but I, for some reason, with idle time, came up with the idea to do so. And yes, in fact, that is true. I have a list of people who have passed that I know. The next one. I flushed my keys down the drain in the toilet at the Cherry Hill Mall. For all of you who know me, know that I was a resident of Ocean County forever and ever. And... I would frequently go to the mall, the Ocean County Mall, and sometimes I would venture to the Mammoth Mall and to the Freehold Mall, and occasionally I went to the Hamilton Mall, the Hamilton Mall. And in fact, when I went to Hamilton Mall, that's where I bought my Mace Windu lightsaber, which was the floor model on display, because I hadn't seen one, and I picked it up immediately. Now, as far as the Cherry Hill Mall goes, I only went to the Cherry Hill Mall one time in my entire life, and that was when my wife went to go and have dinner with some friends around Christmas about three years ago, 
first time I ever went to that mall. And it was the last time I ever went to that mall. And rest assured, I didn't even use the bathroom. That one is not true at all. 100% fiction. Didn't drop my keys in the bathroom, in the toilet, in the Cherry Hill Mall. Only went there once, and like I said, I never even went into the bathrooms. Next, I found money in the parking lot at the convenience store I worked in. Now granted, I said I found $420 sitting in $20 bills inside of a bank envelope. I'll be the first one to tell you that when I worked in that convenience store, after the first couple of months, I started looking down at the floor because I picked up $10 here, $20 there. People would drop that stuff all over the store. As far as working overnight, sometimes you'd find a dollar here, $10 there, $5 there. And yes, I did in fact have to go out in the parking lot and sweep as part of what you did overnight. But for sure, I didn't find an envelope full of money in the parking lot. No. I found small increments here and there, but never one big shot of $400 plus. Granted, one guy who was an older guy who was out in the parking lot one day during the, the 3 to 11 shift that I worked told some kids to pick up something he saw on the ground. And they were just being rude kids, and they didn't. And so he went down and picked it up, and it was a $100 bill. That was true. He found it, not me. As far as finding $400 overnight, didn't happen. Okay, moving on. I punted a football into the basketball hoop at a neighbor-slash-friend's house. That's a fact. I did it. Still can't believe I did it. I was, I guess, it was in my junior year because during that year was the only year between 7th grade and my senior year of high school that I didn't stay after school virtually every day. Now, in 7th grade, I went home throughout the fall seasons, and same thing with 8th grade because all I did was I wrestled and then I threw shot put and discus in track in 7th and 8th grade. Ninth grade is when I started staying every single season because I started playing football. Then I hurt myself my sophomore year, had surgery, had it repaired, had my knee repaired, and pretty much did nothing but physical therapy and then went back and did track. Now, my junior year, I wanted to avoid getting hurt because I kind of figured that my junior year was going to be a good year in track if I could stay healthy. And so what I did was I didn't wrestle and I didn't play football. And wouldn't you know that I had a pretty significant junior season in shot put and discus. It was decent. It wasn't bad. And it was sometime in that fall, I think it was in October... September, early, late September, early October of my junior year when we were playing outside, playing football at the basketball hoop right around my friend's, um, in his yard, it in fact happened. I was kicking it off and I punted it and it went directly into the hoop, 
swoosh. That was the truth. And trust me, after I did it that one time, I started aiming for it to see if I could do it again, and it never happened. That one was true. I did it. Um... Change the price on the customer. The $400 brake job turned into a $600 brake job because I ordered the parts that were for a different vehicle and then sent those parts back and then still charged them up. Granted, I was unscrupulous. Granted, there was a time when a guy came into our shop who was complaining about his tires being off and they were these stupid, super expensive, like, $500 tires. And he was complaining that his rim was bad. And my district manager at the time was involved because the rims were $1,000. And the guy was complaining about getting it all fixed and getting it all taken care of. And it turned out that we did a little unscrupulous thing where we took the uh, the rim that the guy wanted and found it real cheap. That It was a $1,300 rim. And we were able to find it for $200. And we told the guy he had to pay for the rim. And he said, I'll be more than willing to pay for the rim. You just got to give me that tire for free. Okay. My district manager found that rim for $200. And we gave him the $500 tire. Why not? Because that's $700. But it just so happens that the dealer price that we showed him was, in fact, $1,300 for the rim. And so he paid easily $1,100 more for the rim than he had to. And you do the difference. We still made like $600 on the guy. That was unscrupulous. But... I personally never ordered the wrong parts and charged up a customer for more than what they were supposed to. I never did that. I was always accurate, even when I was asleep. I would sometimes adjust things here or there in order to make a profit, but I wouldn't make a mistake and then take the mistake out on a customer. I never did that. As unscrupulous as I could have been, I never was that unscrupulous. Last, but not least, I found an awful lot of money in savings bonds, and we hidden in the house. That's a fact. It's crazy, but it's a fact. Yes, my mother-in-law had been squirreling away a lot of money at the time, and she had thousands of dollars, about $30,000 worth of savings bonds, that were in the house. Now she kept them in a nice safe spot and she had the deed to the house as well. And we were living in that house. We never knew where the deed was. We never had any idea about these bonds at all. And she had a stroke and she was unable to tell us where the deed of the house was for years. And it just so happens that we were going through a closet and I found a metal box and inside the metal box was the deed to the house and thirty thousand dollars in bonds that is an absolute fact and we did in fact use that money in order to put the down payment on our house that we currently live in today 
This is a fact. Crazy, but it's a fact. Now, my question to you is how many of those were you able to decipher being true? And how many of them did you sniff out and know they were falsehoods? Some of you might have actually known because you were around me enough to have been in the vicinity to know about a few of those things, but not all of them. In fact, I'm pretty sure the people who are listening to this show, none of you knew about me punting that football into the hoop. And I'm 100% sure that none of you knew about um, the death tally, because I only told my wife about that two weeks before I decided to do this episode. So none of you knew about that one. But I can certainly tell you that as possible as me dropping my to- my keys inside of a toilet in a mall definitely would have been possible because I used to go to malls all the time, just not the Cherry Hill Mall. And the likelihood of me doing some unscrupulous stuff as far as the auto shop industry goes, <laughs> that was very possible. So the fact that it wasn't true should tell you that as unscrupulous as I was, I wasn't that, that bad. And granted, I mean, let's face it. Anybody who goes into a convenience store who doesn't have their head kind of on a swivel looking around is crazy because from personal experience, I probably found $200 if you added it all up. Between fives, tens, twenties. Just laying on the floor. Where people were just walking in. Because when you go to a convenience store. And this is the mistake that people used to make. When everybody carried cash. Is you just pull the money out. You're just trying to get in and out. You buy your soda, your pack of cigarettes. Your cup of coffee, whatever it is. You drop the money on the table. And sometimes you forget. Or you're not paying attention to that $10 bill. Or that $20 bill that falls on the floor. Or... It's caught in the rack that you're not paying attention to. I recommend strongly that in this day and age where everybody's using credit cards, there's still those few people who still walk around with that green stuff in their pocket, and you never know what you might find. But on that note, this has been Fact or Fiction. I hope that you were able to not figure it out, and you're surprised by the outcomes. But if you did, congratulations. This has been the main event. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, the Spear of the Week is going to that guy who was in the supermarket in front of me who ran up real quick and got in the self-checkout line before I did. You see, I don't even have to physically spear this guy because of his stupidity and his slow-mindedness. It took him like six years for him to run through the register and get his stuff out. Now, as me, with experience on cash register, I was able to have, I believe, 12 or 13 things, and he had maybe six, and I was able to blow through my 12 or 13 things, pay, and get out before that guy could even finish scanning his fourth item, which just goes to show you that the self-checkout should have the requirement of you need to be competent on a cash register in order to be allowed to use it because if you don't you're just going to slow yourself and everybody else behind you down fortunately for me i was fast enough to blow him out of the water 
and I think that he gets the Spear of the Week. Well, this isn't fiction. It's 100% fact. Another show is in the books. I thank you all for listening to it. I had a fun time talking about it. I, I think, I don't know what's more fun to me. Reliving the things that are actually fact that I'm telling you. Or just conjuring up the images of this stuff in my mind. Again, I'm going to let you be on the curtain just a little bit. When I went to tell you the fiction story about... Um, me changing the prices on the the break job, I literally wrote that as I'm recording. Didn't have any clue what it was going to be. I like to have six of these, and I had five. My three facts were right there, and then I had two fiction that were in play, and I had to just ad-lib a little bit. But that fifth one, the one about me changing the, uh, the, 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 the break parts... I made that up on the fly. I just thought about it literally after I did my fourth one. My fourth statement, which was the truth, the one about the hoop. I just literally made that up right on the fly. So, you need to know that when it comes to the words of wisdom, I'm going to go to that. Um, let me know if you liked it. Instagram, philiphenderson five one zero to Twitter at PissedPhil two L's and of course now I'm starting to push my or I should say our group the LIP Facebook group join it join us become a part and now I'm going to go with the words of wisdom you see you can't always believe everything you hear and you can definitely not believe everything you see. Unfortunately, you can't see the look on my face when I'm telling you these stories. Because if you could, you would notice my tells. And on that note, you have listened to The Lip. Talk to you later.